0: to the Vibrant Living Podcast with Stacey Harmer. I'm so grateful you're here. I'm a certified holistic health and life coach and passionate about creating a vibrant life. We'll have conversations about nourishing your body, heart, mind, and soul, discovering your purpose and passion and sharing your gifts with the world. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode 24, Gottman's principle number five, dealing with conflict. Hello everyone. Welcome back. Good to connect with you. I hope you've enjoyed the last few weeks as we have been going through these principles by Dr. Gottman. Well, this week we jump into conflict, but before we do, let's do a quick review. Principle number one, that is building your love maps. This is becoming great friends with your spouse, taking the time to chit chat. Know the details of what is going on in each other's life. Okay, number two, and as we build on these principles, just think of a house. Think of levels of a house, and um, they're building upon each other. So principle number two is fondness and admiration. This is spending quality time every day thinking something positively about your spouse, their positive traits. Think of their character traits and um, what actions validate that positive trait, and then express your fondness and admiration and appreciation for them. Often we'll think about it and may not express it, but remember that our thoughts will always take us down a path to get a result. So choose your thoughts wisely when you think of your spouse. It can be easy to get caught in a vicious cycle of negativity. Look for the things that you appreciate and think about why you chose that person to marry. Okay, principle number three, turn towards your partner. This is when your partner reaches out to you. You simply turn towards him or her versus ignoring or turning away or against them. It means that you're connected together. You're sensitive to their needs and you try to be there and understand them. Principle number four, this is letting your partner influence you. This is being open to your spouse and their desires. It's being emotionally available. It means that you take their opinions into account and try to yield to their desires is equal partnership without one person being the authoritarian in the relationship. Okay, a couple other things I want to review are the weight bearing walls of the sound relationship house. And those are trust and commitment. No matter how hard you work on these different floors of the house or these principles that I'm sharing, if there's not trust and commitment in the relationship, the house likely won't stand. This is a two way street for both partners. If trust has been broken, it can be rebuilt. It takes effort. It takes time. Okay, one other quick review. (laughs) This is a review week. I want to talk to you about the four horsemen that I've introduced. It's just good to have these in the forefront of your mind of, of what can help and harm your relationship. So these are the killers of a happy relationship. And the first one is criticism. That's negative words about your spouse's character. That's different than a complaint that you might bring up. It's saying something like, you are so selfish rather than addressing the action. Might be uh, watching TV versus helping cleaning in the kitchen or whatever it is. Okay, number two is contempt. This is what Gottman says is the most damaging. He says it is poisonous to a relationship because it conveys disgust. It might be eye rolling or just mean humor. Number three is defensiveness. Being defensive is really a way of actually blaming your partner if they bring up a problem. It is like you are saying the problem isn't me, it's you. So defensiveness actually escalates the conflict. And number four is stonewalling. This is when one partner simply disengages or tunes out. They may want to avoid a fight, but by turning away, they're also avoiding the marriage. So in this episode, we'll be addressing conflict. And in the next episode, the topic will be, coming, will be overcoming gridlock. So every marriage is a union between two separate individuals. They bring together their own opinions, personality quirks, and values. So it's no wonder that even in a very happy marriage, the husband and wife must cope with a number of issues, right? We all have them. Some conflicts are just minor irritants but others can seem really complex and be intense. Often couples feel stuck in conflict and may distance themselves from each other just as a protective device. Have you ever done that? Dr. Gottman found that all marital conflicts ranging from the mundane annoyances to all-out wars really fall into one of two categories. Either they can be resolved or they are perpetual which means they will be part of your lives forever, in some form or another. So welcome to the human experience. Once you can identify and define your various disagreements, you'll be able to customize your coping strategies depending on which of these two types of conflict you're having. So let's talk first about perpetual problems. Unfortunately, the majority of marital conflicts actually fall into this category. In fact, Dr. Gottman says 69% to be exact. He's done many four-year follow-ups on couples and finds that they are still arguing about precisely the same issue. He says it's as if four minutes have passed rather than four years. They might be wearing new clothes, altered their hairstyles, gained or lost a few pounds but they're still having the same argument. So here's some examples. Jen wants to have a baby, but Jeff says he's not ready yet and doesn't know if he ever will. So just this perpetual problem or argument about children or the number of children. Another one, Kevin wants sex more frequently than Dana. That could be a perpetual problem. Number three, Ben is lax about housework and rarely does his share of the chores until Sadie nags him, which makes him angry. Okay, so but despite their differences, these couples remain very satisfied with their marriages because they have hit upon something and a way to deal with their perpetual problem so it doesn't overwhelm them. They've learned to keep it in a place and have a sense of humor about it. So these couples intuitively understand that problems are inevitable with every relationship, much the same way as maybe like a physical ailment that you might get. They might be like, oh, I've got this bad, bad back (laughs) or this problem with my arm. They may not love these problems, but they're able to cope with them to avoid situations um, that worsen them. And they develop strategies to help deal with them. So psychologist Weil said this in his book titled After the Honeymoon. When choosing a long-term partner, you will inevitably be choosing a particular set of unsolvable problems that you'll be grappling with for the next 10, 20, or 50 years. So just know that no matter who you're married to, you'll have a set of problems. They may look different than they would if you were married to someone else, but you'll always be dealing with unsolvable problems. They would just most likely um, look different depending on, like I said, who you're married to, So understand that problems come with the marriage. Now let's look at solvable problems. These problems may sound relatively simple compared to the unsolvable ones, but they can cause a lot of pain between spouses. So just because a problem is solvable doesn't mean it gets resolved. It's usually because the couple hasn't learned the effective technique for conquering it. And Dr. Gottman, he's charted out some really specific key principles to find resolution on his research into what goes right when emotionally intelligent couples actually handle a disagreement. So I'm going to share those with you here. And if you want to grab a pen and jot them down, that's great. Let me just list them and then I'll go more in depth. First is making sure you have to, a soft startup rather than a harsh startup when you begin a conversation. The next is to learn The effective use of repair attempts, okay? That's turning back and trying to repair the situation. The third is monitoring your physiology during tense discussions for warning signs of like flooding yourself. When you feel your heart beating or your temperature raising or whatever to monitor that and know what to do. And we'll go into that in a minute of what to do. Number four is learning how to compromise. And number five is to be more tolerant of each other's imperfections. So follow this advice and you're likely to find that solvable problems no longer interfere with your marital happiness. These steps take very little training because we all pretty much have these skills already. We just get out of the habit of using them in our most like intimate relationship. So interesting, Dr. Gottman says that this fifth principle comes down to having good manners. It really just means treating your spouse with the same respect respect you'd offer to company or a guest. So if a guest leaves a jacket, we say, here, you forgot your jacket. We would never think of saying, what's wrong with you? So it boils down to simple kindness when communicating. The first key that I mentioned was a softened startup. Softening the startup is crucial to resolving conflicts because common research finds that discussions invariably end on the same note that they begin. That's why 96% of the time, Gottman can predict the fate of a conflict discussion in the first three minutes. If you start an argument harshly, meaning you're like attacking your spouse like verbally, you'll never end up with it. Um, You'll end up with at least as much tension as when you began. So just know that that starting conversation is going to mean a lot. But if you use a softened startup, meaning you complain a little bit, but don't criticize or attack your spouse, the discussion will be productive. And if most of your arguments start softly, your marriage is likely to be stable and happy compared to, um, according to Gottman. Now, this is interesting. While either spouse can be responsible for a harsh startup, he found that the vast majority of the time, the culprit is the wife. So just knowing that, be careful when you start a conversation and the tone that you bring to it. All right. The second key is making repair attempts. When you learn to drive a car, one of the first things you're taught is, to how, is how to stop the car, right? Putting on the brakes is an important skill. And it's an important skill in marriage as well. So when your discussion starts off on the wrong foot, you can simply pause and take a break and return back to the conversation when you have a moment to collect yourself. Well, this takes practice, but it is very effective. I tell you, that's happened with us several times. Like we've learned these skills and it's, you know, if um, you need to take a break and you know it's not going well, it's best to take a break and not continue because it usually will escalate. And so you can take a break and pause. That third key is soothe yourself. If the discussion has become heated, it's important to pause and take a break, and this is a repair attempt. But it's also important to have some techniques where you can soothe yourself and just calm yourself down. So if your heart rate exceeds like 100 beats per minute, you will not be able to hear what your spouse is trying to tell you, no matter how hard you try. So just monitor that. Take like a 20-minute break before continuing. This might include some deep breathing, going for a walk, meditating, dancing, whatever you need to do to simply calm yourself. So number four is compromise. Whether we like it or not, the only solution to marital problems is to find a compromise. In a marriage, it just doesn't work for either spouse to get their way all the time. Even if you're convinced like that you're right, this would create inequity and the marriage would really suffer. Once you're ready to compromise, there's nothing magical really about finding a solution that both partners can live with often compromise is just a matter of talking out differences and preferences in a systematic way and making negotiations. My husband always says, he's an attorney He always has these great little quotes, but he says, a problem clearly stated is a problem half solved. So when you're compromising, even being able to articulate the problem already is getting you halfway there. So a lot of times if I'm Having a conflict or problem is helpful for me to write it out. So in my brain, I'm clear about what the problem is. A problem clearly stated is a problem half solved. All right, number five. The key is to be tolerant of each other's imperfections. Often marriages get stuck in, if only, if only they were this or that, or richer or smarter, or taller, or more spiritual or cleaner. All of your problems would vanish. <laughs> wow, we know that's not true. This is where we can let go of our manuals or what we think would be best if they change. Until we can accept each other just the way we are, we won't be able to compromise successfully. Instead, you'll be on a campaign to change your spouse. So conflict resolution is not about one person changing. It's about negotiating, finding common ground and ways that we can accommodate each other. Okay. All right. That's it for this episode and principle. If you want more tools or strategies with this, you'd be better off probably to get the book. Attend one of the workshops. I've got the workshop on my website as well as one of my programs. Then then you are actually doing the work together. Share the podcast. Hopefully your spouse can listen as well as you learn these principles. But the magic comes when you're actually doing the activities, okay? That go with having, you know, dealing with your conflicts and things like that. there's many resources to help you on this topic of conflict. Thanks for tuning in today, everyone. I want to close by just letting you know that our tickets are selling now for our upcoming event. So do you need tools to help you with your health and wellness, nourishing your body, opening your heart, managing your brain, deep breathing techniques, setting up systems for yourself and family, discovering your purpose and passion? and how to step out and share your gifts with the world, then come join us. We're so excited. We've got 21 amazing presenters with so many relevant topics and lots of vendors, too, that are going to have incredible offerings. So just go to www.vibrantlivingwellnessconference.com. It will be held in Sandy, Utah. But if you're not local, you can join us virtually. And you'll also have that option and you can purchase the recordings of all the classes as well. You'll have a virtual option, but then everyone can purchase the classes because the topics are amazing. And the price is right. The virtual recordings are only $19 um, to join us virtually. Um, the in-person is $39. Okay, so it, the price is right. It is an amazing, it's going to be an amazing, amazing day. We also have a VIP option where the Friday night before we're going to have a sound bowl meditation You get swag bag, you get your lunch. all the recordings of all the classes and such. So just go to that site, um, vibrantlivingwellnessconference.com, and you'll see all the details and all the class topics, all the speakers, and take a look. It's going to be so fun. We are partnering with Operation Underground Railroad with their aftercare program for the survivors of of human trafficking. I'm so, I just feel my heart so full with um, the goodness of that program and to help people rebuild their lives. And we've also got a couple members of the Bonner family coming and join us for the opening session for singing. We're gonna have music, movement, inspiration, all sorts of things. So I hope you can join us. Thanks everyone for tuning in today and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye.